0: I brought a box today, and I want to let you know I love trick boxes, like around birthdays and Christmas. I, I love taking a little bitty gift and putting it in a big box. To, I love putting a, I've been known to uh, duct tape a brick in the side of a box just to throw somebody off or, or throwing some noodles in there just so they don't know what it is. And when those boxes came out, uh, you could buy around Christmas time the kinds with, uh, you know, a Snuggie for the family with eight armholes and uh, the uh, kit, you can make a candle out of your earwax. You know, I just think those those boxes are the best. But I learned that a long time ago, though, because when uh, me and my wife were together, I went with her to one of her family Christmas events. And uh, she got this little box and she, she opened it up and it was a box of men's electric shave. And my, my pretty little girlfriend at the time puts that electric shave box on her lap, and says, thank you so much, this is the nicest gift. And then looked over to the next person opened their gift and, and the family just paused and, and stopped and like, what do we say? And then they all busted out laughing and somebody said, June, you gotta look inside the box. And for years, when I would go to family gatherings, as we got engaged and married, I mean, for a decade, every time we'd open gifts, somebody would say, June, don't, remit, don't forget to look inside the box. Now, Carter told you, my name's Ben Kathy, and I have the privilege of being the executive pastor here. And the box I brought with me today is a special box. And I want to call it the Jesus box, because I brought... Um, a little sculpture of Jesus with me. I actually got this from uh, Bethlehem in Israel. And uh, it's, a, it's a good little sculpture. But so often in our lives, we have a Jesus box that we put Jesus in. And I want to talk to you about that today. You see, the passage we're going to look at today uh, comes from uh, a special place where uh, the people Jesus knew best put him in a box. And, and when we put Jesus in a box, what we do is we, 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 tend, to, we tend to hide the real Jesus. It, it prevents us from, from trusting Jesus. It um, makes Jesus into something of our own making. We'll see the passage comes from the book of Matthew uh, toward the end of the chapter, verses 53 and 58. And it, it's a defining moment that happened for the people of Nazareth. You see, this moment actually caused Jesus to share these well-known words. Jesus said, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his own family. You know, a prophet with is without honor in his hometown. So Jesus encountered folks who had placed him in a very specific box. You see, he went back to Nazareth. He had had been in ministry for a little while, and he went back to Nazareth, and one of the things he did was go to the synagogue and began to teach. And at first, it said that the people were amazed, and and they they were amazed by his wisdom and, and the reports of his power to do miracles. But then things immediately turned. Because in uh, the next verse it says, then they scoffed. Then they scoffed at Jesus. You see, because they knew him before he became Jesus. I mean, they knew, it right? Before he was called into his journey to the cross. And they scoffed, and he's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother. And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? Or rather, where did he learn all these things? He's just one of us. He's just a a common person from a, a, a town on the outskirts of nothing called Nazareth. And so, what they did is they put Jesus in a very specific box called the hometown box. You ever felt you've been in a hometown box? Do you know, part of this is a little true. It is very, very rare that a pastor who is called in a ministry will return to the church that they came out of. There's something about this box that's very, very real. But it's one of the box we get placed in. You see, Jesus, Matthew tells us, left Nazareth and he had been doing some pretty amazing things. He had called and gained some followers, the disciples. He, he had preached the, the Sermon on the Mount. He had taught about fasting. He had healed leprosy and paralysis and death and possession and blindness. He, he had debated about the Sabbath with the mighty Pharisees. He, he had shared parables about the coming kingdom of God. But the people in his hometown had this idea of Jesus that wasn't rooted in the reality who Jesus was in that moment, but was rooted in their memory of who he was years ago. Well, one of the best places I can think of where this Jesus box comes to life, and one of the reasons I think it's been quoted in churches across the nation is the movie Talladega Nights. And by the way, it's playing out at the drive in in Leeds, right across the interstate from Bucky's, by the way. And in Talladega Nights, there's this uh, scene of the blessing at the table. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? But Will Farrell begins and he says these words in his blessing He says, Dear tiny infant Jesus. Eight, eight pounds, six-ounce, newborn infant Jesus, don't even know a word yet. Little and cuddly, but still omnipotent. Dear tiny Jesus with golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fist balled up. He says all this in his prayer. And his box was a little Jesus. A, a little Jesus that he maybe could control. A little Jesus that couldn't change him, but he could just pray to and make him feel better about coming in first place in his races and winning $21.2 million and being required to mention his sponsor Powerade in the middle of his prayer. And he just wanted to thank God for that new great flavor that was going to be very, very delicious. It was a little Jesus. This reminds me. In the past, when I've heard church members talk about a little preacher, that means an inexperienced preacher that I can tell what to do, by the way. That's what that means. Well, that prayer at that table continues. You you might have some memory of it, but his partner, you know, his shake and bake partner, he says, I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t shirt. It says, I'm formal, but I'm here to party. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. Now that box is the party animal box. And by the way, this was the box that some other people accused Jesus of being in because he dared to have dinner in the homes of sinners. So the religious leaders called Jesus a party animal. Well, it continues, Uh, either Walker or Texas Ranger speaks up, I'm not sure, but one of the sons speaks up and says, I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off an evil samurai. And so we have a ninja, Jesus. This was also somebody that Jesus was supposed to be. The Jews really wanted Jesus to be a military leader who would get rid of the Roman occupation and lead the nation state of Israel into prominence. That's who a savior was to them. Sound familiar? But then Will Ferrell's partner comes back. I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name? How was it? How? Cal. There we go with a C. He comes back and he says, "I like to picture Jesus with giant eagle's wings and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with an angel band." So he put Jesus in a different box called rock legend. This one is not in the Bible. But more seriously. Just that, that prayer rang true to us. Because we know what that's like. And, and we have some, some boxes that we put Jesus in as well. Tell me if any of these boxes ring true to you. There's the cable news box. Ooh. There's the politics box. There's the success box. Jesus, at $21.2 million, thank you, Jesus, right? There's the cause box. So many causes are so good, but they're not ultimately the cause of Jesus Christ. There's the perfect life box that my family would be put together and happy and joyous and cool and stylish, especially on social media. There's the comfort box. Isn't Jesus supposed to be the one who gives us peace and comfort in our life and nothing's ever going to go wrong? There's the guilt box, and that's the stuff that I do. There's the shame box. That's the stuff that's been done to me. There's the regret box. The time when I made the decision that I shouldn't have made, and I know it, and as I look back, I know it was the wrong one. There's the sin too big box. My sin's too big for me to ever be a real follower of Jesus, for me to ever really see Jesus. There's the done that box. You know, some of us have been getting vaccines lately. And and, you know, George Hunter tells us that in American culture, there's a certain group of people in our culture who have gotten just a little bit of Jesus, like a vaccine, and now they're inoculated against the full and the real Jesus. Their box is the done there, been there, done that box. And how about this box? The My Truth box. I understand that sometimes when we say my truth, we're just saying, hey, I like you even though you have a different point or a different perspective, but I believe these are also some of the most dangerous words in our culture because when I say my truth, my truth, there is no the truth, there is no common truth, there is no one truth. What is your Jesus box labeled? Did any of these ring true? Is there another one that, that, that filters, that covers, that hides Jesus, that makes the fullness of Jesus in our lives somehow less full, that makes us create Jesus in an image that we want Jesus to be in instead of Jesus creating us in his image? Well, here's what happened when they put Jesus in that hometown Box, the beginning of verse 57. Now, these are the people who knew him when he was a teenager. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Wow. You see, the Jesus box causes a couple of things, the, 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 the Jesus box has consequences in our life, and, and in fact, this box, this, this whatever we cover this box with, and when we hide Jesus, may be the biggest defining moment in our life. You see, the Jesus box causes us to be deeply offended, by what? By Jesus you catch that whoa that (laughs) you see Ricky Bobby needs the real Jesus Cal needs the real Jesus little Walker and Texas Ranger need the real Jesus grandpa with his hurt leg needs the real Jesus and his smoking hot wife need the real Jesus right not something else See, it's Jesus that said, I'm the bread of life. It's Jesus that said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. It's Jesus that said, I'm the true vine. It's Jesus that said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except me. It's Jesus that said, go, your sins are forgiven. It's Jesus that said, love your neighbor as yourself. It's Jesus that said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's Jesus that we need. Not one of these other things we're all tempted to cover him up with. Will we... The challenge to us is that we would humbly embrace and pursue Jesus instead of being secretly offended by him and only picking the passages of scriptures and the narratives that are comfortable to us. Keeping Jesus in a place of our own making, missing Jesus, missing trusting in God through Jesus, missing the new life that Jesus wants to bring to us. Well, the Jesus box caused something else in his hometown. It, it caused them, they refused to believe. Now the, the root Greek word of, of, ref, of believe is the word pistis. And pistis is sometimes interchanged. It's used for belief and it's used for faith in the Bible. And, and, and it's not about a mental agreement or that's not where it ends. It might start that way, but it's about responding to God. It's about trusting God. It's about a, a full commitment to follow Jesus. Belief is not... I believe on Sunday morning. Belief is I tell the truth when a lie is more convenient. I I love when I feel like hating. I serve when uh, they're not worthy of being served. I I give when what I really want to do is get. Belief is when I take actions to try to honor him with my words, my thoughts, my, my finances, my viewing habits, my eating habits, my drinking habits, my driving habits. We try to honor him with our love, with our work, with our care, with our prayer, with our worship, and so this passage ends. Um, pretty heavy, is what it says. And so, in Nazareth, his hometown. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. He did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. See here's the craziest thing: Our Jesus box, our Jesus box, keeps Jesus from being Jesus. And we get something else. You see, in Nazareth (laughs) and in Ricky Bobby's house, what people did Jesus not heal? What parable did Jesus not tell? What relationships did Jesus not reconcile? What sins did Jesus not forgive before he left Nazareth? Who missed out on being made a new creation in Christ because they had Jesus in their box? me speak briefly also to our church as a family. As I look around and and I see churches that are alive with Christ. One of my pastor friends used this phrase. I'll never forget it. He said, that church was thick with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a great phrase? when I look around and I see churches and and communities of faith that are really making a difference in the world, when I see that they are enthusiastically inviting their neighbors to follow Jesus, when I see that they are equipping each other to follow Jesus more deeply, when I see that they've moved beyond sort of that human expression of being together into that spiritual expression of working with God to bring God's kingdom to earth, when I see that, I think I see people who are working together to pull off their labels, to get Jesus out of that box, not to lean into whatever that is, but to humbly come before scripture and come before each other and come before God in prayer and say, God, what's your will? Not mine, but yours. Not my heart, but your heart. Not my idea of what the future is, but your future. And how about you? Do you feel that you would be alive in Christ? Is there a, a confidence that, that says, hey, I am a new creation in Christ? I think we all have a place where we have that confidence, but there's this place where where we want to trust Jesus, but we know that there's like something, there's something quite off kilter. And what I want to say to you today is, get Jesus out of whatever box he's in. Humbly pursue Jesus for who Jesus is. You see, because Jesus makes us free. Jesus gives new life. Jesus forgives our past. Jesus gives us hope for the future. And we really have a choice. We can lean into the life that my truth gives. We can lean into the life that been there, done that gives We can lean into the life that my sin is too big gives. We can lean into the life that regret gives, that shame gives, that guilt gives. We can lean into the life that comfort gives. We can lean into the life that a perfect life would give. We can lean into the life that a cause would give, that success would give, that politics would give, that cable news would give. We can lean into that life. We can lean into that life that a rock legend would give. Or that a ninja warrior would give. Or that a party animal we give. Or that a little bitty Jesus that we can control give. We can lean into a life that our hometown gives. Or we can pursue Jesus for who he is and let him out of the box. I just want to encourage us that this final song would be our prayer today. As God would lead... Will you stand and sing? Amen.